0: You are listening to the podcast, When Life Gives You Lemons, presented by me, Emma Levy. Having worked with elite athletes for most of my career, it's always intrigued me that a significant number of high-performing individuals have encountered some form of adversity earlier in their lifetime. My fascination into this grew when I had my own brush with adversity, when I was diagnosed with breast cancer in May 2020, in the midst of the global pandemic at the age of 36. During this period, I questioned whether it was my positive mindset or maybe something deeper, which enabled me to bounce back and to train and compete for a triathlon just one month following completion of all active cancer treatment. The goal of this podcast is to explore this concept further by meeting a variety of high-performing individuals who have experienced adversity, but who have come back stronger. So today I'm welcoming Will Bailey to the podcast. Will is a Paralympic table tennis player He has attended four Paralympic Games, winning a gold medal in 2016 and a silver medal in both London 2012 and Tokyo 2020. He is double world champion in 2014 and then most recently winning the world championships last month. Apart from table tennis, you may recognise Will from Strictly Come Dancing, where he was a contestant in 2019, where he stayed in until week six when he unfortunately had to withdraw following a knee injury. Will didn't have an an easy start to life and was born with arthrogryposis, whereby the tendons and joints in all of his four limbs are affected. As a young child, he had to endure multiple operations, which has helped him achieve the high function he has today. If that wasn't enough to deal with as a small boy, he was then diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, a type of blood cancer, at age seven, and he went through multiple rounds of chemotherapy and radiotherapy. Throughout this period of time, he started playing table tennis as a coping mechanism, and the rest is history. Hello, Will. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us today, and firstly, congratulations on becoming world champion for the second time.
1: Thanks so much. <laughs> how, very very happy.
0: I'm sure. How 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 did that yeah. feel?
1: Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's such a it's such a great feeling, and. Um, yeah, it hasn't really sunk. I mean, it hasn't sunk in yet. It lasts for about two seconds for me, you know. And you feel like you've won that gold medal, and then, and then it. I got home, and I'm back down to earth, you know. And I've got to get training, and I've got my family who, <laughs> who are always busy doing stuff. I think that's good. That's good in a way. I don't really get a chance to, yeah, sort of like milk it too much, which is probably a good thing.
0: Yeah. Do you think it felt different this yeah. time to 2014?
1: Yeah, it was. It was still special, but I think. Um, I'm getting older and I'm getting a bit, uh, I, I always used to play with my heart and with my, you know, with my soul and just be able to work, like work really hard towards something. And I used to win by just grinding it out. Now I, now I've got more, I'm more, I'm older and I'm wiser and I can win a bit with my head and, yeah. uh, not so much my heart use a bit of both, which is important. And I think when you, when you do that, you can, uh, it's not so it's, it's not so impactful after the tournament sometimes after tournaments so I, I feel like i've you know got nothing left there's like a part of me's gone but mm. after this world championships i still feel like i had a bit of me bit of me left so it's good amazing
0: um
1: yeah
0: as you know this podcast is called when life gives you lemons so we do have to talk about the gritty stuff as well as the good stuff so if we start yeah. by taking it right back to the very beginning and like i said in your introduction you were born with arthrogryposis um, can mm-hmm. you tell us exactly what that that meant for you growing up as a small child?
1: Yeah, so my mum knew that I was going to have arthrogryposis when I went like before I was born, um, and I had it in, affecting all four limbs. So it's basically uh, I had to go through a lot of operations when I was born. My hands uh, still are quite bad. I mean, uh, yeah, like I was, born, you know, from when I was born, so I can't really open my hands, mm-hmm. um, and also it affects my feet as well. So they were wrong way around and, and had to have a lot of operations to sort of build them almost from scratch really to twist them back around into position and also sort of uh, rebuild them um, and yeah I mean I'm very grateful for Great Ormond Street for doing a great job and like I can do things that I you know may you know I didn't know when I was born I was going to be able to do my mum didn't wasn't given that positive prognosis when I was born so it was, yeah. it's it's uh, been amazing really to to get through that. And it's been a difficult disability to cope with because, um, it affects all my muscles as well and my body. Mm-hmm. And as an athlete that can be really frustrating because you want to get the best out of yourself. And it's really hard when you've got a, when you have got a condition like this, but like mm-hmm. I say, we'll probably get to this, but it makes you, it makes me more determined to, yeah. to, to try and eke out what I've got.
0: Yeah. How does it affect your muscles mm-hmm. now? Does it make it harder for them to get stronger or?
1: Yeah, it's, um, it sort of affects all of my, mu- all of my muscles in the, in the body. Um, so it's, I've got like, a, um, sort of, uh, in, in the, in the ends of my, uh, my limbs. So like my, my forearms and my, um, and my, my lower legs are really affected. So I can't build calf muscles and stuff like that. It's just the way that the condition is. A lot of people with arthrogryposis have really thin limbs and you can't really build muscle there. I mean, I try a lot of things, I, I um, trust me. I try a lot to try and build that up, but it's it's really challenging. Yeah, sure. um, I think it's also because I don't have the levers, like not I don't have like um like ankles, and mm-hmm. I don't have um, like wrists. Like so it's really difficult to to use them. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so yeah, it's just just one of those things. That's what I find quite challenging, and also my core and stuff. But like you say, I'm I'm trying to um, I'm trying to sort of I don't know sounds sounds um this might sound a little bit up myself but trying to lead the way with arthrogryphosis and mm-hmm. trying to push the boundaries of this disability because if you look online it's so depressing really? um wow. I, I yeah i try i'm trying to sort of do new things that People think this is not possible because yeah. that, that's just the way I am. I think it's just the way my mum was. She never felt sorry for me amazing. or anything like that. It was always like, "What can you do?" rather than "What can't what, you know what you can't do."
0: Yeah, I've heard yeah. that. I've heard people with disabilities say that before. That people are often so focused on what you can't do versus what mm. you can do. So it's you know, your mum must have done an amazing job by teaching you know, be proud of what you can do. So as a young kid exactly. at school, um do you remember feeling different to the other kids because you yeah you're quite young mm,
1: uh, yeah I do I do but I was always told I was always I was never told that I had a disability from my family or anything like that so I didn't really know which I don't I don't know if it was a good thing or not because I was a bit confused when I was growing up I was like why am I in the slowest why am I the slowest in the school like I just used to come home and talk to my mom and be like why am I slower than everyone? Like I really wanted to win wow. and, in the races. And I was literally the last. Of, I And I didn't know why I, I literally, I promise you, I, I didn't know it was because my, my feet were, were not right and my legs weren't right. And like, it wasn't, you know, I just couldn't run normally. Yeah. I just thought that it was, I just thought it was unlucky. Well, well, I just thought it was the slowest. And and that was a good thing and a bad thing. Cause it made mm. me fiercely competitive. So I, I'd go in and I, my mum, my mum wouldn't go. You're disabled. She just went. You're. You got to try harder. Like you've got to. You've got to try. You know. You've got to find a way to be good at something. You know. Be better. Yeah. Instead of just. And she never said. Well, it's because you've got. You've got problems with your legs. And eventually, when I went to secondary school, was the first time really I. I felt a lot different when I had to go swimming, which was in yeah. year seven, and every, everyone stared at me oh, like really? my legs. So when I was yeah when I was going when I got changed and I took, you know. Into my, into my swimming trunks and I was really self-conscious and I hated mm-hmm. it because all my friends just, like, stared at my feet.
0: Yeah. And
1: they were like, what is w- – like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, and at, even though they – yeah.
0: At that point, you oh. you knew you had, like, you had a condition. So yeah. you'd sit, would you – and would you kind of own it or would you just pretend you didn't? At have the it? time,
1: I – at the time, no, I, I wouldn't really own it because I was sort of embarrassed and I was sort of a little bit – uh just wasn't so confident at that time. So I was just a bit like, I'd almost, I, but I bluffed my way through. So it looked maybe like I was owning it, but I wasn't really owning it deep down. Yeah. My mum's, my mum's really positive and she's really like a, fe, a feisty mm. and she's given me that mentality. So like, I'd be like, yeah, I've, you know, I'd look, I'd, I might go, yeah, look, I've got this. I look at my crippled feet and make a joke of it, you know, mm. like, look at me. Like, and then, but deep down, I, I was struggling, you know, yeah. and I felt horrible because yeah. I, you know, and I'd go home and I'd say to my mum, like, like, this is bad, you know, this is bad. Like people were laughing at me today. Oh, shit. Um, but at school I wouldn't show that. Do you know what I mean? At school mm-hmm. I wouldn't show that I was really struggling. I'd try and like just take the mickey out of myself. Yeah. And I, I think that worked. That worked in a way because it got me through. Yeah. you know, I think if you take the Mickey out of yourself a little bit, it, it's hard for other people to take the Mickey out of you. If you know, if you know what I mean.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I heard yeah, you. Yeah. I heard you say a st- tell a story on another podcast, um, and I don't know if it was secondary school or primary school, where the school said you you weren't allowed to do PE.
1: Yeah, I, well, one of my first days, and my PE teacher um, uh, wrote to me uh, about a year ago. He sent me a he sent me my mum's letter mm. because. Um, um, so basically I went my first day and I love football my first day at secondary school Beacon I went I went on the grass with uh, trainers on because I couldn't fit into football boots because my feet weren't the right shape and you know they're a bit tougher aren't they to get on and mm. I could only wear trainers and I went onto the pitch and he was like I can't let you play because you've got trainers on and you might hurt yourself and then I went home and my mum the next day uh, like brought me into school it was really embarrassing she came into the PE office Mm. And she said, "If he breaks his legs, it's my problem." But he's going to do PE, and she gave a written and she wrote this message to you know, if anything happens to him mm. uh, during PE, it's my it's my responsibility. Amazing. So um, he sent me it back. He sent me the letter back.
0: That's amazing. And he was like, well, he,
1: "Yeah, it's quite cool. Yeah, it's quite cool." So he must have kept it. It must have meet, meant something to him, and he kept it all this time. it's so it quite amazing. nice. So
0: he must have seen something in you back then to have kept that letter.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think it's maybe not just me. It's probably my mum as well. You know that sort of determination um, mm. has rubbed off on me. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't always make it an easy life because she was very. She wasn't, and she she isn't. She isn't an easy mum. She always wants the best, me and she 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 knows that. And she's but she's tough as well. And mm. I think I think with that sort, you are you know she, I yeah I owe her everything. Um, you know she could have been she could have been really soft on me because yeah. of the things that I had in my life. And she probably could have gone a bit easy, but she was more like use it as a, as a use these, use these um, hurdles as an opportunity to push on and yeah. to make yourself better. And she was always saying that to me. And I think that was, and just like anything you need, she was always telling me I was beautiful and she gave me confidence. You know, you need that as well. She was like, you're so beautiful every day. She was telling me like, you're amazing your your you know your feet are beautiful your hands yeah. are beautiful and 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 i think i know it sounds stupid but it gave me confidence so actually yeah, i was going to school thinking that someone thinks i'm beautiful and and yeah. that's important i think and wow. it gave me confidence and then yeah
0: yeah and school. has it had an impact on how you are as a parent now
1: oh massive massive impact but it's tough as well because i'm not as tough as she was mm. um i'm not as like and and uh, it it's not easy. I think you've got to judge. I don't know how to I can't be that tough on my, on my daughters. It's weird, isn't it? I can't say, you know, my mum would, um, I I was never sort of spoiled and I I was always like, um, I mean, I just, I was never made to feel disabled. So I'd just be sent out to do things and we'd do things with my brother and we'd do running races outside and stuff like that. And there, there was, it was always like my dad was, my stepdad was super competitive and he was a football manager and mm-hmm. he'd tell me if I didn't play well, he, he, they'd be like, you're not playing very well or in table tennis. When I started playing table tennis, they were like, you're not good. you you know, you need to be better or something like that. Wow. <laughs> and like, it wasn't like brutal, like every day. It was more like they would just tell me, they would tell me the truth. And, I think I'm a bit softer. I'll be like, whatever my daughters do, I'll be like, you're a mate. You're, you're the best at this. You know what I mean? Even if she's yeah, yeah, doing yeah. gymnastics now, and she can't even do. But she's like, I can do. You know, I can do a forward roll, and she can't. But I'm like, that's the best forward roll in the world. <laughs> so it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's there different. you go.
0: You're giving her the confidence, it's, aren't you? It's, exactly. Exactly. You're doing exactly. half of it. Um, so. Exactly. So you know, like basically, you, you you were you had a fairly significant challenging start to life and then age seven mm. things got even worse and you were diagnosed yeah. with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma a type of blood cancer mm-hmm. what memories do you have from from that from that diagnosis I
1: have I, I have so many memories I remember mm. everything yeah because I think at seven years old you're you're well aware of everything and like mm-hmm. I there was also at seven years old you're you're like you save those memories as well, because I don't know why it's like a key. I think it's a key, one of the key ages um, when you're growing up, because you just sort of, I think it's one of those ages you do become aware of things. And at seven, six, seven, eight, I think you, they stick with you, those memories as well. And um, that was the hardest time of my, of my life. And some of the most, uh, I mean, horrible times of my life. And I remember, I remember seeing my mum cry. I've never seen her cry and stuff like that. And like, I mean, the fighting for your life is mm. when you're seven is, it, it's not, it's not, it's not great, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard. Um, so it was, it was, it was, it was a really hard time. That That year was mm. brutal. And it's, it's basically five years cause it carries on because it's blood cancer. So you basically have to, you're basically always in hospital and still now. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to Great Ormond Street, so I mean, still under, still under Great Ormond Street.
0: Yeah. Now. Oh wow, I didn't. Yeah, know
1: because was... because I was on a trial drug, right? So like they, yeah, so they try, they basically, it was a new drug that they used on kids, mm-hmm. and they don't know, they don't know how those drugs affected um, the, the children that were treated that survived that treatment. So basically, it was a, mm. it was a, a huge dosage of. Um, of, of drugs that I was put on chemotherapy, nice. radiotherapy um, mm-hmm. to keep me alive, basically. And, and um, it damaged quite a lot of my body even during that. So like my, there's a ventricle that doesn't work in my heart and yeah. some other things. And so it's just managing that and the risk of other cancer because of the radiation and stuff mm-hmm. like that is high. So yeah. I think it's, and like you said, and, and like, like with anything uh, and it sounds cheesy, but it makes me think I've got, I've got this time. I need to really I really need to. I I better make the most of this moment because you you just don't know, do you, what's going to happen? So, I think I wouldn't be the same person without without those those traumas. But yeah, Yeah. it was it was it was really traumatic period. There's no there's no there's no way of 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 of, of of saying other any other way. It was really hard. Yeah.
0: So at age seven, you were aware of your own mortality.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember probably the most vivid memory I've got is um it sounds, it does sound a bit morbid, but it's it's not really, mm-hmm. but I think it's about as low as you can get. Uh, like as a, as a child, I, I remember being really yeah. ill. No hair stood. At, well, I mean, for a start, no hair, that was mm-hmm. traumatic. I mean, people, I mean, you wake up as a seven year old kid and you, you wake up and all your hairs on, on the pillow. Yeah. That was traumatic. That was traumatic enough. You know, I didn't, mm-hmm. that wasn't nice. And then, it's almost like a horror film when you're in it because I, I, I found it like that. I was scared. Yeah. And then um, uh, my, my, one of my biggest memories was seeing my mum at the bottom of the stairs just had a phone call from the doctors from Great Ormond Street saying he's got a – because the nurse used to come into my house sometimes to do blood tests and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got an infection during my treatment. Mm-hmm. And they Great Ormond Street said, you need to bring Will in. 'cause he's got an infection. And mm-hmm. I heard I heard her on the phone and it was like frantic. It was like mm-hmm. a frantic conversation. And I knew it was like stressful for her. Mm-hmm. And I was at stood at the top of the stairs and she hung up on on them and she said, We've got to go, uh we've got to go to Great Ormond Street. And I said, I'm not going. And she said, Yeah, she said, We've got to go, we've got to go. And I was stood at the top of the stairs and I said, I'm not going anymore. I've had enough. Mm-hmm. Like I've had enough of the treatment. It was like six months into the treatment I was like I I don't want to have any more treatments and then she said and then I said and then there was a big pause and we looked at each other on the stairs like she was looking up at me and I was looking down and she said and I said to her will I die if I don't have this treatment (laughs) and I was seven and she said yes she said yes (laughs) and then I I went to my bedroom and I got my bag Mm. and uh, I just walked down the stairs and uh, nothing was said we just we just went in the car yeah. And we went, we went to go on the street, and I was sat in my room and put put a film on, and and then it was, it was like it was just got, on, just get on with it, and nothing, nothing was said. It was, it was yeah. surreal, really, isn't it to go through those moments, and yeah. really hard, really, really traumatic times, you know.
0: Oh, really traumatic, and it's amazing actually that you remember it all. Because I mean, mm. often with trauma, and I, I know with my personal cancer story, um, I, I have mm. loads of memory gaps with it, and I think that's quite common mm. with trauma—you kind of like block parts out. Yeah. So it's amazing that you do remember so much of it. I wonder if that's something to do with mm. you being so young, or,
1: or I think so. I I, I I sometimes think that. I mean, it's something that I'll never actually get over. I've come to I've come I've come to the conclusion that. I don't think I'll ever I'll ever mentally get over that mm. you know it's it, yeah no. and I don't and I don't mind it but I, it's something that I'm going to have to deal with daily because it's a challenge it's like traumatic isn't it you know what it's like to yeah. be diagnosed with something like that and some people deal with it differently and I've, de- I've dealt with it by playing sport yeah. and being and, and trying to be the and trying to just be the best at something using all that energy all that frustration and yeah. um, to, to try and play sport and to try and, and to try and win and to try and, and to try and like, I've got so much like, uh, I don't know, I don't know, like you, trauma inside mm. me sometimes. And <laughs> you just, when I play table tennis, it releases it yeah and I can, and I can, and I can get through another day kind of thing sometimes. Like if I don't train, Um, I'm awful you know what I mean if I if I if I don't practice or stay busy Mm. uh, I'm awful I'm horrific like if I go on holiday for two weeks or something like that I'm awful so it's weird isn't it so it's but when I play table tennis and when I do something I'm fine Mm. you know I can I'm really positive yeah Yeah. so
0: you're basically using you're you're turning a negative into a positive but have you have you worked have you kind of tried to work through that trauma at all
1: um no not really i've never really i've never really until the last few years been aware that i i've probably affected by it you know what i mean but over the mm-hmm. last like three or four years i think it's weird since i had children
0: yeah yeah
1: so yeah since i had children uh that's when it really hit me mm-hmm. and i was like wow i don't know why i just as soon as i had children like the first year or two and i was like oh my god yeah like I was, I was that I was like that and like I still and like I look at my daughter now like she's five and I think oh my god like if, if she ever went through anything like that I'd be like I couldn't you know and it, it's just and I think it hits you harder doesn't it when you have children and, and you think you know that was me and and it's it's uh it's really difficult it's really challenging but I think I think I probably should eventually I <laughs> think one day I should talk to someone to try and address it but i just i just think sometimes those memories are never going to go and those those like things that i saw are never gonna are never gonna go i think but like when you go on when you go on to like a children's cancer ward or anything like that or like blood cancer ward like like i had um it's not all depressing as well like some of the memories i have are really uplifting memories and positive Mm. and i try and i try and think of those yeah like we used to play in the, in the, and you see the, you see the real resilience of, of people. You see like the, how how gutsy some people are like, and you see how much will to will to survive people mm-hmm. have.
0: Yeah.
1: And that is, that is, that is unbelievable. You know, it's unbelievably uplifting and, and positive. Right. Right. So you can think of it as a negative people are dying, but some people, a lot of people survive. And there a lot of people not just survive. A lot of people suffer, but they, but they're positive mm. and that is, that is amazingly, that gives me energy. You know, that, that I think, wow, yeah. wow, people can do that. It's inspiring, isn't it, as well? Absolutely. So you and could look at it in two, diff- two different ways. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, it, and it was during that time that you got into table tennis. Is that right?
1: Yeah, my, my grandma bought me a mini table tennis table and I started playing my, my brother in hospital. So just, just and it, it was weird because it gave me that, it gave me a feeling like people weren't, feeling sorry for me anymore and it was more and Tom wanted to beat me my brother's so competitive so he'd come in like eight years old nine nine ten he's three years older so he's ten and he was like coming in to beat me he didn't know he didn't you know at that age they don't really you know care if someone's ill you still want to win and I wanted to beat him he wanted to beat me and it was like Oh, i beat him and it gave me that. And I was like, I feel good. i have just beat my brother or something. And then, yeah, when I when I got better, I wanted to carry on playing and I joined the club and, yeah, started playing a, a lot. And like you say, I used all this energy that I had. And my mum said, like, you owe it to, you know, my mum, like a few times in my life, she said, you owe it to Great Ormond Street and to, and to the doctors and to everyone who's helped you mm. um, to ma- maximise everything you've got, like whatever you've got, maximise it. Yeah. And I always have that in the back of my mind. I, I have to, I owe it to those people to, to go back. And I still get motivated now when I go back and I'm like talking to the doctors about, about what I've won. And it sounds stupid. I I, I feel, I feel more proud talking to them about what I've won because I'm like, they've helped me achieve what they're, they're the ultimate ones that have helped me get there. Yeah, You know, even just to be, even just to be here is, is mm. massive so yeah i do feel i do feel grateful so grateful for, for them for great on the street for, for get giving me the opportunity to, to be there yeah. That's,
0: yeah. yeah amazing so so you came out of hospital and you 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 just got into table tennis and and you started to mm. play what more and more just and then you joined the local club <laughs> yeah. how, how did it evolve
1: yeah i i was playing sort of um well i was playing all sports so, so i went back and I got I got better and I was playing all sports I played badminton table tennis cricket football and I was always sort of um, encouraged to play all sports I remember I remember the mentality of my of my mum is is unbelievable when you think about it just things like I tried to get in the cricket team and I got in the school cricket team and play, played really well and in the village cricket team we had a good village team and my brother was one of the best players in the team and And I couldn't get in because I couldn't catch a ball. Mm. And like I couldn't put my hands out to catch the the ball. And uh I I just stuff like um my mum called up the the manager of the team because I could bat, I could bat all right and Mm. she was like she was like, Why aren't you picking (laughs) and I was there, she was like, Why aren't you picking my my son in the team? And I remember being there and I was so angry, I was like, I want to play in the team my mum was going, You should play in the team She's like, Why aren't you picking my son? (laughs) And I think it's just a mentality looking at it. all sports. It was, yeah, it was, it was like, um, it, it was, it was like I wanted, I wanted to win at all, at all sports and I wanted to do well at all sports and table tennis was just one of those that I, I found that, that the, the level that was different because it was, it was smaller distance than, than tennis. So I couldn't really be exposed that much by able body players. And I started playing for the County able body team. And then mm-hmm. you know, the rest of history. I started playing in the par Paraly- And then I got invited to the Paralympic team and, yeah yeah lost everything lost yeah. every single match when I went there really? and I thought I was gonna yeah and I thought I was gonna walk over <laughs> everyone and I lost every single match yeah and I and 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 I and I I learned that people don't really have a clue about Paralympic sport because I didn't have a clue so I, I judged it and they said oh you're gonna play in the Paralympic setup and I said I haven't got a disability and I, <laughs> I you know I said like I said I like, it's gonna be too easy for me and I and I went there and I I got smashed by everyone, and and uh, yeah, and it's just and then that drove me again. So yeah. I was like, okay, this is amazing. I want to, I want to try and get to the top where no one thinks I can. Yeah. You know, everyone was saying, everyone was saying, "Wills not great." He's you know, he's, he's just all work and no no talent. Like, he's wow. just a workhorse. And yeah. yeah, like even the all the top players at the time, like, all the coaches were like, "He's just he's just a workhorse," but he's never, he's not actually going to be that good. And yeah. but it's like it's like nothing. It's like anything's possible if you if you want to be good at something. I really, like you, could, you know, and you've got a little bit of talent. But if you've got if you've got ma- a massive high work rate, I think that's quite that's important as well. Yeah. You know, someone who's I stayed behind two hours every day to do service practice, and I did loads of little bits to give me a little a little edge. You know, mm,
0: so it sounds yeah. like you did a bit of both. You did the hard work, and you probably did have that natural talent as well. You definitely had the determination <laughs> and the motivation.
1: Yeah, I think in, also a mindset as well because like so when i get to big tournaments or big occasions like you need to have bottle in sport you need you need to have a bit of like you need to be able to finish the matches off and you need to have that and i think being through what i've been through i i believe that i'm a fighter and a winner you know i've I've come through all those moments and uh that's like priceless because when you're in those positions you're like okay well i've 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 won a lot of battles, much harder than table tennis. Yeah. Like my, my, I fought for my life, yeah. and this is just the table tennis match, you know. And I, I know I can win because I, because I, I can win. Like I, I've just got that being a belief, and um, yeah. that is something that not a lot of people have. Like they can't, they haven't experienced that. They haven't mm-hmm. experienced that, so they don't know what they don't know what it's really like to get. You know, to really dig deep. Yeah. And and I know how to I know how to dig deep, Absolutely. and that's. And I think I think that's how winning that's how you win things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's grit, isn't it? It's grit and resilience. Yeah. And if if you've been and, fighting your whole childhood because of your condition and then because of your cancer, you've basically practiced resilience throughout your childhood, yeah. haven't you? So then you get to a table tennis match and you're like, eh, this, "This is easy."
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think I think, you know, I I think you could look at it as you could look at anything like it's a like it's a you know with it with a different mentality like a victim mentality so you could be like okay i've i've got this i've got this and nothing is going for me you know i've got this and i'm i'm so lucky i i i naturally see things as opportunities so like if anything's wrong with me like my leg like when i tore my acl i knew i was gonna I, I knew that was an opportunity to actually step back and and actually look at my body look at what i need to strengthen in my body how i can be better and yeah. i think i'm lucky to have that mentality because i think a lot of people have the mentality like things are against them mm. and I, I, I naturally have the mentality like uh, things are for me Yeah, and I think that's oh. I think that's I think that's important as well to have that in sport and because yeah. you lose a lot you know I lose a lot of matches you know and, and you have to be able to bounce back it's isn't like it? life isn't it life life hits you all the time with huge massive hor- horrible moments and mm. you have to be able to sometimes just grit your teeth and and, uh, and carry on and I always I always say to myself judge me at my lowest times mm-hmm. judge 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 me when I'm not playing well and when things are going badly and when my family life is not good and, and when things are going wrong at home that's when I want to be my best yeah. that's when I want to show people that's when I want to show people mm. how good I am and what a champion I, I, I am because I think that's when I judge people not when they're playing well and everything is going well for yeah. them but when they're right up against the ropes and yeah, things yeah, aren't yeah. going well, that's um, that's when I judge sportsmen and characters, I think.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So it's how we come back from mm. failure, isn't it? So something doesn't go how mm. you want it to go, how do you bounce back? Um, I, I picked up from something yeah. you said a little while back, that when you were invited onto the Paralympics team, you, you told them you didn't have a disability.
1: <laughs> yeah. How, how I think did that, I was that go I was, 7, 16, <laughs> I was 16, 17, and I was like, and one of my one of my best friends now, Joe spree. who's got a CP cerebral and he came up to me and he said, "You know, you can play in the Paralympic team. You come to his training camp. You should come to a training camp." I went, I went, I was like, "Shut up! I don't have a disability." He goes, "Well, look at your hands and look at your feet." He goes, "You can't open your hands," and uh, I was really, uh, I was just seventeen, you know, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and I was a bit you know self-conscious and I I kind of like I kind of like got in the car and I said this guy to my stepdad I went dad this guy is just like said I've got a disability and you sort of shut it out don't you You sort of like well I did I sort of tried to tell myself that I was not I was normal yeah and uh it was quite hard sort of at first sort of just accepting that I've got a disability to be honest and then yeah yeah, I went to a camp and I I changed my mind and I I became proud to Of my disability, actually, after after time, and actually didn't see it as a as something to be ashamed of, Mm. you know.
0: Because it's quite interesting, Mm. because you were brought up kind of um, not thinking you had a disability, and so it sounds like you maybe were a bit embarrassed about it or shameful Mm. about it, and then you needed that switch to become proud of your disability.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean. It's, it's tough isn't it I mean when you go out into the street I remember like there's this eight nine ten year old eleven year old whatever and <clears throat> so people are, you think people are staring at your feet and stuff like that staring at your hands and kids make comments all through all through your childhood and yeah. it's brutal so you, you think you should be a little bit ashamed of yourself you know or like or you go the other way and I did sometimes I'd be like what are you staring at like, like, why are you just looking at my hands or something like that? Like, like, that's really rude. Yeah. Like, so, and I didn't have, cause of my mentality, cause I'm very feisty and very passionate, I, I, I sometimes didn't find the balance. I don't think quite right. But you know, you, cause some people in the Paralympic team, they've got much worse disabilities than me
0: yeah. and they
1: don't care. People staring at them or, mm-hmm. um, being intrigued Yeah, <clears throat> for me, for me, it's really rude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people just standing Some people just stand And stare wow. at people And I'm like Yeah And I'm like What are you doing In a shopping centre Or something And they'll just literally Just like stop With a family like with, 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 And talk mm-hmm. About someone's disability Like mm-hmm. And I'm like And, and that that, And I, even now Like I can't control myself like, I don't I'll just go up to them And just be like What, what are you doing <laughs> and, and the boys My friends mm-hmm. Will be like um, Why are you so Why do you get so angry about it mm-hmm. Like just chill like no one cares and i, I care of course
0: you i don't can. know why you know
1: yeah. what i mean yeah, yeah yeah i care i'm like well no i don't like people it's like yeah going on holiday if i if people if i have to go in the swimming pool mm. and people um, i get embarrassed if people talk about me mm. not for me but for my children yeah. and for my and for Fiona and stuff like that and for the older ones my brother maybe mm-hmm. so like i'll walk into the swimming pool you'll see loads of people going oh look at his feet look at his legs and mm. and then Oh, I'm not embarrassed for me, but I'm embarrassed for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's weird, isn't it? Like yeah. when you, when you yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a weird one.
0: That is, that is but, so yeah. interesting, and I'm, I'm interested yeah, on yeah. so many levels. There, firstly, that people do stare and do talk about you when, when you know, when you're just standing right there with your family. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I can fully yeah, understand yeah. how you get. Yeah, out when you go holiday. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. People just stand and stare, but then. Yeah, people. I mean, yeah, it's brutal. I mean, I, I make sometimes because I'm I I'm I I I am a bit crazy sometimes. So I will just literally stand and stare right back, yeah. and we're have a standoff. <laughs> yeah, because I I hate it. Yeah, but well, it's some rude. People, but it's like, just rude. Yeah, basically, it's rude. <laughs> yeah, but but there's a, one of my friends, Martin Perry. He's got he's got one leg, right? He's mm. got no arms and one leg, right? Yeah. And he walks out, and people stare at him like yeah. unbelievably, like more obviously a lot more than me. And he doesn't care, really. And he's like, "Oh, it's fine. It's, it's fine. Just, just like get over it." Yeah. Does, and does he was, really? You know, does he really not care
0: though, or does he say he doesn't care?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe he's so. I don't know. Maybe he's so used to it. It's like water for ducks back. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like it's like oh, it doesn't really matter. And maybe mm-hmm. he's so so secure in his body yeah. that he actually doesn't care. I actually think he's so secure in himself mm-hmm. that he doesn't care. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not that secure in myself, to be honest. Yeah. Like if someone, you know, you know, if someone does take the mickey out of me, I will go on the defensive. Yeah. Whereas if someone took the, if someone took the mickey out of him, he'd be like, oh, boy, I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's great. It's I'd love amazing. to have that mentality. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so but something else so,
0: I, I came um, across when I was researching for today, which again, showed me kind of how resilient you are. Um, and you can help explain it a little bit to others, was that your classification was changed. In mm. the in the the Paralympics um, classifications, you were changed from six to seven. Is that correct? From yeah. class six to class yeah, seven, exactly. And from reading about that, um, it appears that you know you were kind of reclassified, and because you were reclassified to this this new class, you were told you even had you had even less chance. Of kind of winning, yeah. of winning, and you've still kind yeah. of gone out and become world champion twice, <laughs> and gold yeah. Paralympic medalist, etc. So c- mm. can you just explain what that means about reclassification? Yeah, and, so, um, yeah, so was, and how you, yeah, how you cl- did that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was classed in uh, class six. So classification works from standing classes six to ten. So the most disabled classes in, in table tennis is class six. I was put in that class because on the, on the, on the actual classification sheet, when I was classified, it says arthro under one of the stipulations to be a class six, it said arthrographosis in all four limbs. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, what I had. So they basically put me in class six and I was in class six for two years. And then I remember one European championships, um, I was, getting, I was getting good at this point. And one European Championships, um, one of my coaches said, you're in for a reclassification. So like three countries have to protest about your class. Mm-hmm. And then they put money forward wow. um, towards, so, yeah, put money forwards towards uh, uh, basically uh, three or four doctors at this, uh, every tournament, like three or four doctors that are trained classifiers to assess you. So it's like a hundred euros or 200 euros or something. And then you, you have to go into this room and you get assessed. So you basically get stripped naked and, and, and you, they basically, they basically move you around and they basically, uh, see what you're capable of. And yeah. And then like, uh, I got, it was, it was really, it was, that was horrific as well because I just got into Paralympics really two years and I was new and I was hungry to win and the goalposts changed overnight. I remember being in, the club, in that room and, I got reclassified 7 times in one tournament. What? So like because they yeah because they put me in class 7. So the classifiers decided I was class 7 mm. and after every single match I played we protested about my class. So they said no he's a class 6. Yeah. And then they said no he's a class 7 and then we protested again no he's a class 6. It was like wow. my coach at the time the team manager wouldn't accept it. Mm. And then I was sitting with another coach up, up in the stands and I was so hungry, obviously from what I've been through. And I said, I'm going to be the best in the world in class seven. Yeah. And he, I know, and I said to him, I'll be the best in the world in class seven. He said, you've got absolutely no chance. He said, you're, you're physically not strong enough. Like there was a good friend of mine, Paul Karabardak, and I was nowhere near his level. He was a class seven, like a class above me. Mm-hmm. He said, look, you can't beat Paul Karabardak. He's like 10 in the world. Mm-hmm. You're nowhere near his level. You're never going to be the top player in class seven. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I remember conversations like that because I'm a bit person. So I I used that again when I went training every day, and I was like, I, I I was like, I'll show you what I can do in this class, and I used it as motivation, like anything. And I yeah, it's funny, nice. isn't it? It's weird how those things. And I would never, I'd never be that good without being reclassified. I'd never be as good as what I am now without really? being reclassified because it lit another huge flame. And every time I went to the tournament, I saw the classifiers there. Yeah. and I, uh, and I, I wanted to rob it I wanted to I wanted to show them what I could do
0: where do you think you get this drive and motivation from
1: um I just think just through everything that I've been through and I think my mum, my mum's a massive influence on me and mm-hmm. and I think i I'm, I'm always kept down to earth by my family as well so like I never I never get too happy when I win and I never get too sad when I lose I just sort of keep trying and keep trying to get better and keep trying to improve and Also, the trauma that I've had in my life has made me more resilient. I think to setbacks, and that's like a massive thing in in sport.
0: It's amazing. So, do you think your disability or your cancer has had more of an impact?
1: I think definitely my cancer actually, because I found that most traumatic thing, and um, and I think I think it made me grateful to be alive, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing to have. Like, and I've used that as fuel to to um, To try and achieve great things and to make the most out of every day. Yeah. So that, I think definitely the cancer actually that I've that that I've overcome that and gave me a lot of confidence.
0: Yeah, I, lo- I love that when you said that earlier as well. That you know you, you just try so hard every day because because you know you don't know what's around the corner, basically. Um, exactly. Any, exactly. Any, any specific strategies which you think have helped drive you forward? Like that you know that that have helped build on that drive and resilience.
1: Um. Every day, I every day I, I set challenge. I set targets for myself, what I want to achieve, and mm-hmm. and I I try and I try and um, you know. So, I, so I, for example, just new new weights at the gym that I want to new goals at the gym that I want to achieve every day. I try and change them, and and I and I try and do uncomfortable things. So like playing matches in training that I don't really want to do and playing, like putting myself up against people that I don't like to play. And mm-hmm. I try and make myself un- uncomfortable all the time, um, to try and, to try and push my level and to try and make myself better. I think I'm one of those people that I like, um, I like a re- regime as well. I like, um, I like to know that I'm doing the same things day in day out and being consistent. Mm-hmm. I think that makes, that makes me happy.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And when you're happy, when you're happier, you can deliver better, definitely.
0: Yeah, and do, do yeah. you enjoy um, your sport? Do you like table tennis?
1: Yeah, I love table tennis. I love it, and I love, I love the people in it, and I love, I love the club that I'm playing at now, and I love, I love everything about it. It's great. It's competitive, and and I love that. And yeah, yeah. it's a perfect sport for me for sure.
0: Amazing. And that might sound like a funny question for some people, but I know that some people work so hard yeah, you're right. and they don't actually love it anymore some people hate their sport so yeah. a lot of people
1: you know hate their sport you know i've been around a lot of sportsmen and they don't actually enjoy it that much and yeah. well, i'm so lucky that i love the sport and yeah i, I love everything about it. i found it i find it really difficult and frustrating sometimes and that's why i i love it so much because mm. i i never feel like i'm going to complete it i never feel like i'm going to be great you know great at it which is good because it keeps me on my toes and yeah. i'm so vulnerable in table tennis like I could lose to anyone. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing as well. So it's like I, yeah. I've always got to be on my toes because I could lose at any moment to anyone. And yeah, yeah it's, it's fine. So that's good. Yeah, it keeps me on my toes. Absolutely.
0: Um, so final yeah. question. If you could go back in time to when things were at their toughest, so probably during mm. your cancer um, diagnosis, mm. what do you wish you could have told yourself as you were going through it?
1: Don't, Don't ever give up. Keep keep smiling Mm -hmm. and um and and keep i just don't know keep the faith really and 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 keep being positive and things are going to get better and and yeah you're going to be all right kind of thing and it's tough it's tough to tell a child that i mean geez yeah it it was tough it was tough so but it's easier said than done saying all these things i mean i'm yeah yeah, it's yeah so but it, it it sort of sounds, it sounds, sounds easy, doesn't it, to say all those things, but actually when you're in that position and to stay positive and to stay happy, to keep smiling, that's so important. Mm. Just keep smiling as a child and to keep having, it's so important. Yeah. So yeah, just those simple things, I think, yeah. can make it, can, can get you through.
0: Definitely. So try and do things you enjoy, stay smiling and stay positive. Yeah so important yeah definitely and um, well thank you so 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 much for joining us today i think that was a really honest um inspiring conversation and there's so much that thank people you. who are listening can take out of that um so i can't thank you more and we look forward to watching thank your you. journey towards paris
1: 2024
0: thank you so much guys <laughs> thanks Will. Cheers. take care bye then see you
1: soon thank you Bye, bye bye
0: We're so excited that the first series of When Life Gives You Lemons is sponsored by CoE's Linen. Co's supply some of the UK's finest hotels with luxury linens, including bedding, towels, and bathrobes. So if you want to feel like you're on holiday or a spa break every day, then I can highly recommend their products. I really love my personalised bathrobe. You know that feeling when you've had a long day at work or a really hard workout? That's when all I want is to have a hot bath dry myself in my fluffy Coase towel and then relax on the sofa. And that is when you'll find me in my Coase bathrobe. Honestly, the most cosy item I've ever owned. All products can be personalised with custom monograms designed by leading interior designer Sophie Patterson. You can find them exclusively online at www.coaslinen.com. Listeners to When Life Gives You Lemons can save 10% with the discount code POD10. You can find a link in the show notes.